Would you turn again to Hebrews chapter 12 and seeking the Lord's blessing and our thoughts this evening. Reading again at the beginning of the chapter. Hebrews 12, reading at the beginning, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Now we see here the Apostle is encouraging the believers uh, to run the race with patience, uh, to persevere to the end, whatever their situation. And that, friends, surely is a word to ourselves as well. Whatever trials and troubles and tribulations we are going through, this is what is required of us. For you see, it is not the beginning, but reaching the end is necessary to press on toward that mark. Uh, what we have here to persevere, this is what those who have gone before us have done. This great cloud of witness in verse 1, compass about with them, that's another issue and maybe something to look at another time for yourselves but here is the picture of, of um, those who are watching over even us as we now go through our difficulties and trials in this world and really there is only one way to do this and how is that? well by exercising faith and if we are not exercising faith, we will not be able uh, to press on looking unto Jesus. And faith is, as Anara said, the eye of the Christian soul. Faith is the eye of the Christian soul. And there is but one direction and one way, therefore, that we must travel on to be with Christ. It is to go forward looking unto Jesus. The footsteps, says Bishop Ryle, are all in one direction. They go one way. There can be no shortcuts. There can be no detour if we are to get to the Lord and get to glory. The way that he has set out and he has gone before us. So friends, at the end of our communion season, I would like a word of encouragement for us all. And I have three uh, headings here, and I confess that I borrowed these headings from uh, the said good man, Bishop Ryle. Not the sermon, but certainly the headings that I read somewhere of Ryle. And that is, as we look unto Jesus, we look backward, we look forward, and we look upward. We look backward, we look forward, and we look upward. First of all, then, we look backward. Well, that's a strange thing to say if we're going forward to be with the Lord. But we need to do that. And that is what the Christian do living today. 
is a Christian because he looks backward. You are here tonight because you're able to look back at something. To what? Well, of course, to the cross. What we saw to look at yesterday. And that is where you find the foundation of your faith. This is where it all hinges on what he has done at the cross. What has already happened. We look back at it. And everything he is, the Christian is, is based on what he not only sees, but understands of what the cross is all about. To understand what the cross was all about for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to have that understanding. And the understanding of what the cross meant, as far as Christ was concerned, but particularly how it relates to yourself. It is not just to know about that, it is that personal relationship. Can I, something I, I often do, there's man's responsibility in all these things. Now, some people may say, well, Jesus died on the cross for sinners. That's what the Bible teaches, absolutely. But I'm a sinner, so therefore he must have died for me. Well, some people may say that, but is that enough? Is that enough to be saved? Or to say or think such a thing? What is meant by that statement that people have? You see, in that way anyone uh, can just read about this occurrence of the cross, look back at it, and apply it to themselves. But friends, sadly that kind of woolly thinking regarding the Christian faith is far too common. But not only that, but it's unbiblical. It is unbiblical. Jesus did not die for everyone. This kind of idea, it clouds the, 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 the vision that people should have of what Christ was doing on the cross. You see, looking back to Calvary, to all that we know happened there, it must be with understanding. There has to be a measure of the mind engaged and what engages the mind that it flows and affects the heart. And you know yourselves, or maybe when you first came to know the Lord and your understanding was maybe so mixed up, but eventually when you understood, it didn't stay in your head as it were, just as, just as bare facts. It flowed down and touched your heart. And in one sense it went further, it touched your feet in the sense of you walked in a different way. You went in a different direction. Everything about you, your emotions, your, your, everything about you changed as you understood what was going on there. That understanding. And indeed, there has to be that understanding in faith, looking unto Jesus. There has to be faith exercise as you look back to that glorious work of redemption that was going on at the cross of Calvary. So there has to be understanding. We've got to look back 
in that way to only see Jesus Christ suffering and dying as our substitute. It is not just, as I said again, reading about and that is it. We have to see the connection, the suffering for our sins, what our sins deserved, is what we see when we look back. Now isn't that true for yourself, Christian here tonight? We need to see him in that way. And it's not just see him there dying, but see him there why he was dying, suffering the wrath of God for me. That's what you need to see. And looking back to that great occasion. We need to see him sadly, but the reality is being made a curse for us. How awful is that? For the Son of God. But you need to see that and to understand that for yourself. When you say, he died for my sins, that should be just truly having come to know that you're a real sinner and that your sins were the reason that he died. Do you understand exactly what that means? Now for those who sat at the table uh, yesterday or maybe some other time, when you're there, you cannot but remember his death. It is what is commanded of us. You cannot but look back to the cross. And you're remembering the purpose of the cross. And you're remembering what should have fallen on your head of the wrath of God. And thinking he did this for me. This do in remembrance of me. We're talking about something to remember something. Usually in that way, it is what has happened there. This do in remembrance of me. Not of what's going to happen, but what had already happened. And friends, the wonder of it all then is it not for yourself. Do you ever, are you ever other than amazed that Christ would die for your sins? You know your own heart better than anyone else. Only God knows your heart better than anyone else than anyone, even better than yourself. But you know what you like yourself. And imagine as you look back to Calvary. He did this for me. What he did not deserve, that he laid down his life for me. Or maybe tonight, friend, you are here, and it is true that you're not really able to personally enter into what was this was truly about. You know about the cross. You know why he died. But are you able to say he did this for me? Well, I hope all of us tonight would be able to say with understanding, yes, I know why he died. Yes, I understand what he was doing. I know and do know how he is my saviour. I can look back and see him as my substitute, suffering in my room and in my stead. I can look back and see him dying for me. And I can look back and under the hand of our holy God, I can see that he was there standing between me and what my sins deserve. That's what I look back to the cross. That's what the cross reminds me of. That is heavy, God's heavy hand of justice 
that was to fall on my head, that he stood between me and that wrath of God. And in that way that I escaped, and he suffered in my room and in my stead. You know that, don't you? You see, no true believer looking back to the cross has a romantic or a superficial view of what was happening there. There's nothing romantic about it. The kind of sentiment expressed in on a hill far away, that, that old rugged cross, as if there was a beautiful thing that was to be seen. There is nothing beautiful about what he did there. It is an astonishing thing. It's an amazing thing. It is beyond words in many ways. But it is there that you see it in all its horribleness and realize at the same time the necessity of it. That is also surely as you look back. It had to happen. There was no other way that I could be saved. No other way that I could be redeemed, my soul to be redeemed. So friends, there shall looking back with horror at it all, but yet it is with thankfulness, is it not? Thankful heart, seeing salvation there for you. And you can't see that with... uh, not possible without seeing with real understanding what he was doing there and all that that included in his suffering and in giving of himself but also an amazing thing you see as well because of all that this is something that comes out of it by God's grace and through Christ's suffering I am no longer under God's wrath for my sins he has paid the penalty he has met the cost and so you're able to look back and yes even goes through then and you hear the words of the saviour it is finished and you can say speaking with reverence please don't misunderstand me I can say these words it is finished Christ has done everything that I needed to be saved. Everything. Well, friend, as we conclude on a Monday with thanksgiving, you look back and be thankful, I pray. But then there is also, secondly, there shall looking upward to Christ, to Jesus. You see, the eye of faith is able to indeed must look beyond the cross yes we have to go there we must see into the tomb but you see is that not a looking down as it were not a looking up well in one sense it is friends but you see the eye of faith moves immediately from the empty cross to the darkness of the tomb but it doesn't stop there why not because there's nothing there now in the tomb. It is empty. 
There's no saviour in the tomb and no salvation in the tomb. You now, friend, you look up. You look up to Christ. Indeed, would you not join yourself with the disciples as they saw him? Remember, there in Acts chapter 2 we read how uh, he was taken up into heaven and the angels are there looking up. The, the angels are there and the men, the disciples are looking up as he goes up into the clouds. Some of you might have read of this before about Bishop Hall. He speaks about that situation in a wonderful way in, in one of his book on the gleanings. And uh, he speaks about it and he said, the angels there saying, Why gaze ye up into heaven? As he has gone, he will come again. And Bishop Paul, in his own quaint way, he says something like, Oh, ye holy angels, if I had been there, my eye would still be fixed on that spot where he disappeared from my sight. And he says, I would be there till the night time, just looking at even where it went, where he went up into heaven there. And that's a view that surely by faith that we look and we see the Lord Jesus looking up to where he is, expecting in that way for us. And while the clouds, yes, they received him out of sight of those who were there, one thing is sure, it may have, 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 he might have disappeared in one sense out of their physical sight. But you see, no cloud now obscures the spiritual sight of the believer. And no crowd either in any way whatsoever breaks the union between you and your Saviour, although he's in glory. You look up. The eye of faith sees beyond every cloud. That's why even in this world sometimes, oh, we have so many clouds of darkness come over us in various ways. But the eye of faith still pierces through and looks to where he is and encourages, we encourage ourselves in that. You see, nothing breaks the union between those still in the world who are his and the Redeemer in glory. Absolutely nothing. Isn't that what Paul is saying? In other words, nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Ah, friend, you see him risen and ascended to the right hand of God, the place of the greatest honour. And are you not now thankful tonight that you know, what does he do? He ever liveth to make intercession for you. And it is that intercession that is vital for you tonight. And you look up and you think of him there, whatever way you picture him in your mind's eye, and we all do. But whatever else I cannot see, I know this, there's an intercession going on. And I look up with my spiritual sight in that way. Well, that's not to say, friends, as I say that, that we forget the cross and the tomb. Of course not. Indeed, it is through the prism of the, the cross and the tomb, as it were, that we can see him now doing what he's doing at the right hand of God, interceding for us. What can we now look for as we battle on 
in this world then? Well, among other things, we can look for the enabling power of the Spirit that he had promised to send when he ascended on high. We should look for that, the enabling power of the Spirit, the comforter that he promised to send. How can you keep going sometimes if it wasn't that you have the comfort of the Spirit? Believe in the promises as you look up to Jesus. So friends, as we descend from the Mount of Ordinance, continue to look up. Continue to look back, yes, but don't stop there. Continue to look up and see him who loved us and gave himself for us and is today at the right hand making intercession for us. Looking unto Jesus where he is and what he is doing for us. But then finally, there is a looking forward. Looking up, looking backward, and looking forward. To what? To when? Well, of course, to the great day that is promised, when it'll come again. When it'll come again with the host of angels, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who are already gone to glory coming and being seen there, the great day of judgment, to our being taken to be with him where he is. Whatever comes first, him coming or our going, we should look forward to that. And I am sure there's not a person here with their faith in Christ that you don't have some days, maybe sometimes for the wrong reason, where we say, oh, I wish it come. I wish he would come. I wish that time and that day would come. I look around me, you see, in this awful world that we live in, and I just wish that he would come and that he would make himself known to the world. You see, friends, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But it's not in this life only. That's why we can look forward to the day. That's why we can expect that day and Christ to come. Looking forward to what he has prepared for us. That should encourage us even when we press to go through the, passing through the deep waters of this life. He has gone to prepare a place for us. And so we should look forward to that day. And friends, if we are faithful to Christ, yes, we'll know deep waters in this world. Yes, we'll know times of great difficulties. If we are faithful to him, we'll know much opposition. But so what? You know, friends, we're often more thinking like that. Well, that's, this is the life we're in. And especially when we remember as we suffer, verse 3 here. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Oh, our sufferings, of course you have them, and difficulties. But think of him, and think of what he has endured. 
Do you long and look forward to seeing him? Are you able to close out the things of this world at times and go to where he has gone? To the city whose builder and maker is God that awaits you, all the Lord's people. And the Spirit of God makes that known to us and the Spirit of God prepares us for it. And the Lord Jesus, the forerunner of Cush, is gone to get it ready for you. It's an amazing thought, friends, is it not? That in heaven there's a place for you that, as it were, no one else, if you're the Lord's, no one else would fit into it in that sense. It is reserved for you. He has gone ahead and your name, as it were, is there, if I can make a picture where they're making it too simple, there's a, a, a chair there and there's a name on every one of them and your name is there if you are the Lord's for you. Isn't that something to look forward to? And the Spirit enables us to prepare for it. And he who has gone before us will look for our coming. He has gone before us and will put you in possession of heaven itself. Oh, he's coming again. Let's never forget that. He will return in power and glory. And on that day, every eye shall see him. You will see him. What will you see? Who will you see? Ah, your Saviour. And you'll see that blessed head that was crowned with thorns for you. You will see that face that was marred more than any man for you. You will see and understand why his hands and his feet were pierced for you. And you will worship and adore as never before. You think you love Christ and you do tonight if you're the Lord's. You think you love him, sometimes your heart bursting with love, not often enough if you're anything like mine. But ah, that day when you see him, heart bursting, you can't imagine it. But it will be, it will be, friends. Let's look forward to it. There may be times when we think, why do I have to go through these trials and difficulties? But as been said by none of the dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. And on that day, friends, as well, as we look forward to it, on that great day, I have no doubt that we, every one of us, will thank him for everything that was in our cup. We'll understand there the reason. And we'll thank him for every way that he has led us through this life. So friends, let us leave the communion time encouraged. Let us do so looking back, yes. Looking up, certainly. But let's look forward. When there will be 
Arise, let us go hence, and to meet with Christ, your Saviour, looking unto Jesus. And where else should we look any time, but especially at the conclusion of our communion season? And then in faith to say, Even so come, Lord Jesus. Can you say that? tonight. I hope and pray you can. Let's pray.